you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 246 of the iFreak Show. Today on our panel, we have no one else except me. This is James. This is James Uber. Not sure where Erica and Andrew are, but Guy is out watching the World Cup. Uh, Brazil is playing the last round of the group stage against my people, Switzerland. I don't live in Switzerland, but I'm rooting for them. They got a midfielder named Zuber, so I'm cool with it. Uh, no relation that I'm aware of. But anyway, we have a guest today. Uh, please welcome Michael Fay. Hey, Jane. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am the team lead uh, for the Apple team at 1Password. Uh, 1Password is a password manager. It helps keep folks safe online. You store all of your usernames and passwords, and credit cards, identities, and all sorts of information in it. And it keeps it all safe behind a, the single 1Password you know, your master password. Uh, I've been here with Agile Bits working on 1Password for gosh, nearly five years now, but I've been in the development community for over a decade at this point, which makes me feel old. But at one point, I did work with Kevin Hochter on, on a product called Moneywell. And Kevin is far older than all of us. So in that respect, like I still feel you know, fairly young. Uh, but it's, it's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on today. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Can you tell us a little, little bit about 1Password? Like password sure. manager, why would you use one? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, 1Password is, is, is uh, one of these unique products that everyone needs uh, in one shape or another. Like a, a password manager in general is something that everyone should have. Uh, typically, what, what you find is... Um, you know, people who do not use a password manager are using the same username and password across all their different sites. And, uh, you know, typically the place where they buy their coffee online is also the same password they use for their bank. Uh, and the problem is, is that while your bank has fantastic security uh, and you're pretty sure that they're not going to be, you know, hacked or compromised in some way, you can't necessarily say that for everywhere else that you, you use that password. And if there's, you know, if one of those sites is compromised, it can really crack your entire digital life wide open and, and cause some real, real problems for you. Um, 1Password solves that by letting you create a single master password that is something that only you know, and then you store all of your usernames and passwords inside of it. And typically the way folks get started is they just install it and it gets integrated with their web browser and they continue to use, uh, use their web browser as they would normally. Uh, but as they log into different websites, 1Password says, hey, do you want to save this in 1Password and just check a box or click a button and it goes right in. And then after after a period of time of using it, you've sort of built up this great collection of, of all of your usernames and passwords across all of your accounts online. And then the real fun work begins. You can start to actually run audits on, on that information and see, oh, well, this is a weak password. Uh, I can change that. Uh, and it has a password generator inside of it that lets you go and create uh, strong, unique passwords for all of your different sites. Uh, it will tell you if you're using the same password on, on more than one site. 
it tells you we've actually integrated with a, a service uh, called Have I Been Pwned. It's created by the security researcher Troy Hunt. And uh, with Have I Been Pwned, we will actually send up, uh, well, actually just diving right into a little bit here, the, the first five characters of the hash of a password. We send it up to the service and the service will actually send us back the collection of uh, hashes that match that. And then you can sort of locally, we can, we can do matches and say, okay, well, yes, here is, here is this password. And what, that, what that allows us to do is uh, Troy's service contains half a billion passwords that have been exposed through various leaks of various services on the internet. He's collected all of these and stored these in the database. And one password can actually say like, oh, this password that you're using for this thing is something that is known to have been exposed in a leak in the past uh, somewhere online. And, you know, we guide you to go and change that. Um, so it's really a tool that helps keep you safe online and, and really drives you towards better, uh, better password practices. And it's, like I said, it's something that everyone needs because most folks... Uh, you know, most folks are not nearly as secure online as they as they think they might be, and uh, one password helps you with that. I know I've been using iFreaks are awesome one 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 for quite a while on uh, different things, and uh, I'm kind of wondering if that's still still a good one to use. I mean, you know, it may have been right up until that moment, Ooh. but now now not anymore. Did I do something so, wrong? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, James. We should okay. go. We should probably change that. I'm gonna go. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> anyway, no, I've I've been a user of one password for, for for quite a while. I was one of the people who bought it years and years ago. So, what's it like developing for for one password? Um, it's, it's amazing to be perfectly frank with you. I, you know, I just got back from WWDC and, uh, it got a little, so I, I have to ask with the iOS 12 password stuff there, they are announcing, did, did you, did, uh, did one password, like, did you know about it? No, no, this was, this was something that we did file as a radar last year when iOS 11 came out. Uh, you know, they, they announced uh, password autofill, uh, and we were like, that looks amazing. We want to be involved. And they were like, that's great. File the radar. We did. Um, hoping, hoping against hope that maybe by, you know, iOS 11's launch that it would be included, you know, but that, that we did not, we did not have enough lead time. But uh, for iOS 12, they, they hooked us up. It's very, very cool. It's, we sent the mock-ups and everything, like how, you know, described how we thought it would work. And like, here's, here's some mock-ups of, of how we think it should look. And, uh, and they, they came like super, super close to exactly what we were, what we were hoping for. It's, it's very cool. I think this goes down on record is the only time Apple's ever responded to a radar. <laughs> but they did a good job on this one. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. You know, it, one of the things that I find incredibly interesting about it is that it, um, it makes the way, so the way it, it will work is if you've used uh, iCloud Keychain and if you've used password autofill with iCloud Keychain, you know, when you, uh, when you tap into a, a login field through an app or on a website, you know, it puts it right at the top. It puts the matches right at the top of the keyboard for you of, uh, you know, here's log in with this username and it gives you your you know, username or email address. And, uh, with one password integration in, in password autofill, it works exactly the same that it says like, uh, log in from, you know, use this login from one password and it has your, your email address there. And what's super cool about it is that the API is designed with a lot of fallbacks in mind. So we have it set up so that you can just tap on that, that username and it will just prompt you for face ID or touch ID and grab your credentials out of 1Password and drop them into that form. Uh, we can actually show the full 1Password UI if we want, which is, you know, that's more akin to our typical 1Password extension experience that we've had out since iOS 8, uh, where, you know, it brings up the UI and it shows our, our fancy lock screen and unlocks and lets you choose, choose your item and fill in that way. Uh, but, you know, the sort of the, the happy path experience for this should show no one password user interface at all, which I find completely fascinating that we're sort of between that and, and uh, like Siri shortcuts and stuff, we're heading into this world where the user interface of your app is going to start disappearing more and more as, as you're integrated tighter and tighter into the system. It's, it's really cool. Now, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, these devices we carry in our pockets were originally phones, and now we don't ever talk on them. Unless it's like, <laughs> you know, a, you know a Skype or something, like a video call. We, we never use them for phones. And I think we're 
gradually getting into the space where you know we don't really we're not, we're not really going to look at the screens that much going forward. It's going to be less and less of what we do with our device f- pocket phone computer thing. Yeah, I recently got a, a HomePod and I've been absolutely loving it. And of course, everything with HomePod is is you know Siri with with you know voice uh, voice interaction. And so I have noticed since having the HomePod that I've now been using uh, Hey Siri with like my iPhone and my watch way more. Like I just, it just has become very natural for me to try and use my devices with this. And I'm extremely excited for all of the different uh, enhancements that they're bringing with iOS 12 to make things, uh, to sort of surface a lot more of that information through Siri uh, and, you know, things like Overcast. Like I remember uh, shortly after I switched from the Apple podcast app over to Overcast, I remember saying, Hey Siri, uh, play, you know, such and such show in Overcast. And she came back and goes, I can't do that. And I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. But now in iOS 12, like that's that's something that's coming, which is going to be fantastic. No, definitely, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the HomePod. I mainly use it for just playing music because the speaker is so good. But I should, oh, absolutely, I should, I should I should get in the habit of using Siri because I do I use Siri on my watch quite a bit. You know, if I set a timer, I'm timing my coffee or, or whatever. You know, I can set a timer and it's pretty quick versus reaching into my phone and bringing up the app, which doesn't take a long time. But if I'm cooking stuff in the kitchen or whatever, it's it's more effort that I want to do. Yeah, I used it the other day while I was grilling. I, I was like, hey, set a five-minute timer so I can go, you know, flip the steak. And it was like, oh, okay, no problem. And, and just, like, the the recognition when you're playing music at, like, full volume or, you know, close to it, that it'll pick up you talking to it is amazing. I was on the other side of the house the other day, and it was it was playing something, and I was like, oh, I don't really care for this track. And I, like, shouted out. I was like, hey, Siri, next track. And it was like, oh, okay. And it went to the next song. I was like, holy crap, that's unreal. That's really cool. So with the announcements of, you know, iOS 12, password management, did one password have to do any work to get that uh, to get that working? Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's a, there's an entirely new extension point for us to to integrate uh, with. It's it's basically um, it is yet another iOS extension type uh, to be a password manager extension. And so there's there's a lot that goes into that. You know, we we took we took some time right on Monday uh, at WWDC. Like we we basically went back to the hotel right after the announcement and downloaded everything and got a nice tidy demo up and running by dinner time that afternoon. And, uh, and that was really cool. And that's sort of, we, we've now set our, set a challenge for ourselves. Whenever Apple, uh, whenever Apple releases something that pertains to us, we, we see how fast we can implement it and have a, a video of it up somewhere. Right. Uh, we did that. It started actually with touch ID back in the day. Like when they, when they announced touch ID, we had that up and running that that day and we had a video that we were we were sharing around it it was like it was such a cool feeling to to see you know twitter sort of lighting up and be like oh my gosh the one password guys have already added this um and so since then anytime something comes out we try to be like right there as fast as we can and 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 it's it's a lot of fun like to you know to do that and to, to undertake that that challenge and then also to to be able to launch alongside apple with you know the the, the operating system updates and stuff like that is also very, very cool. Like there's a lot of benefits to doing that. And there's, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very cool when you have customers who are jumping on this stuff right away on day one and and seeing that we are also there on day one. Uh, there's, there's a lot of benefits to that. And it's, it's really exciting to sort of share in that, in that newness with everybody. Okay. Is there any way for users to test the betas like with what you're doing on iOS 12? Yeah. So we do have a, uh, we do have a test flight beta going on right now. We have not put password autofill out in our, in our betas yet. Uh, we are, we're actually finishing up shipping 1Password 7.1 for iOS right now, which is going to uh, bring a few a few things that we added in 1Password 7 for Mac that we shipped a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to bring some of that stuff over to 1Password for iOS. 
and ship that out as 1Password uh, 7.1 for iOS. And then the work will begin in earnest on, on everything that we'll be working on for the fall. So uh, people can absolutely write into, uh, I think it's beta, beta signup at agilebits.com. Uh, and uh, that should get snagged by someone to put them on the test flight list. Uh, we're happy to have people test it. We've got a, we've got a really big, uh, a really big pool of available slots in test flight. So we're happy to have, happy to add, add folks to that. Okay. Very cool. Now, part of the functionality that I, I expect to just work for one password is like storing your, your password. You have to encrypt it somehow and decrypt it. Um, what's involved with that? So it, I'm, I'll talk at a really high level about it. Um, so everything that we do is done on, on whatever device you happen to be using at that point. Uh, none of your information, your, your master password or any of the information that is stored in one password is ever transmitted off of your device. Uh, it is all encrypted locally before being sent anywhere. Um, and so, you know, what, what will happen, especially let's, let, we'll talk about sort of from the, the one password, uh, one password account, one password.com membership scenario. Uh, we've got, you know, for the longest time, one password was a tool that stored all of your information on a local, on your local device and then sent it, you know, you were then in charge of saying, well, I'm going to use iCloud to sync it to my other devices, or I will use Dropbox to sync it to my other devices. And, you know, that was a real big uh, selling point for us is like, we are a local password manager. Like, yes, you can decide to, to, to sync it somehow, but like we, one password as, you know, as a company, agile bits, as a company, we don't have your information. We don't want your information. We don't want to know anything about you. Uh, just, you know, we're just happy that you're using this tool and that it's keeping you, uh, with the introduction of one password.com a couple of years ago, you know, we had a real challenge on our hands to change that, uh, or that, you know, that could change that where we now have a server that is running that has a database full of people's information uh, or that, you know, that the potential for that, that to be the case. And so before we ever even really started development on that, we set ourselves a challenge of let's, let's see how we can sort of uh, adhere to the spirit of this, of this fact that we don't keep your information. Like we don't have access to your information. And we developed this, uh, this thing called the secret key. And it's, it's a randomly generated string of, of letters and numbers that we use alongside your master password to completely encrypt your data. And, and it is encrypted at such a level with so many bits of entropy, basically, that it is computationally impossible for it to ever be brute forced. And so now we've got this, this incomprehensible blob of information that, we, that, you know, that we've created on your local device. And now we can securely send it up to our servers and store it there. Uh, it is synced down to all of your other devices from there where it is then decrypted locally and accessed. Uh, and so even though technically there is a central database that contains all of this information, uh, even if someone were to get through the, the multiple layers of, of safeguards and everything that we have in place to get to the actual database, uh, it's still com completely incomprehensible. I mean, it is everyone, you know, my master password and my secret keys live on my MacBook Pro and, you know, my iOS devices. Uh, yours is the same way and none of that data is ever stored or accessed accessible by us. Um, so that's basically, that's, that's like the, you know, that how we were able to maintain that same feeling of, of, or the same spirit of, of we don't have your data. Uh, so one password, when, when you, you know, to answer your question a little bit more directly, when you actually punch in your master password and hit, hit the unlock button, uh, we are going and taking that master password and attempting to, uh, to use it to decrypt your local data right into memory. Um, Nothing is ever stored on disk decrypted. Uh, and assuming that your master password is correct, everything is decrypted and you have access to everything within the app itself. You can then copy and, and paste stuff or move it into other apps as, as need be. And, uh, and then when you lock one password again, everything is decrypted again and flushed out of memory and, and you're all, you know, everything's safe and sound again. So when you're bringing up a new developer on your team, like what are some 
common things that you have to explain about how to store data securely? That's a really that's a really great question because it's you know you really do sort of live and breathe it here, uh, and we have sort of like a best practices guide uh, that that we've we've started to develop uh, internally that we have everyone read and, and sort of go through and work work through of, of like here's here's the things you can do here's the things you can't do these are the things you should never do um, and, you know simple stuff like on your local machine where you do development you have to have file vault enabled so that you know everything is is your system is encrypted at all times. Um, doing things that everyone should be doing. Like uh, when you access the internet on a network that you're not familiar with, you should be using a, you know, a VPN service. And, uh, you know, we just have basic, like basic security practices in that way. Of course, <laughs> using, using strong, unique passwords everywhere. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, actually handling the data itself and, and, and developing the application, uh, you know, it's a whole, whole other host of things that we have to keep in mind. I mean, things like Logging, uh, you know, not adding logging to the system to to the app to try and figure out a problem. Uh, not, you know, certainly we do have some logging here and there, but like it's it is not supposed to be a debugging tool, right? It's something that we do as a last resort. And any logs that we do add to the system, or that we do add to the app rather, are are scrutinized to make sure that none of that contains any information that could be uh, that could compromise a, a person's data. Okay, so when you're when you're storing you know user data, you're encrypting it. You're obviously not doing it in NS user defaults like some people do. I've seen a lot of that code. Oh my gosh, no! Okay, that's, that's good. People aren't doing that, right? That's not a thing. I think uh, yes, it's definitely a thing. People should never do that ever. That's an awful idea. No, don't 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 store anything useful. Please don't do that. Good God! So, is, is storing that data in the keychain is that enough to keep things secure? Uh, you know, Apple has done absolutely amazing things with the keychain and we absolutely use the keychain for for some things uh for instance if you opt into uh if you opt into touch id uh or face id uh we do store information in the keychain that allows us to use uh sort of a saved version of your of your uh, decryption keys to unlock your data using touch id later um one of the improvements that we added recently to uh, 1Password for Mac that is going to be coming to iOS as well is the ability to use the secure enclave to generate uh, a public-private key pair that allows us to then encrypt your master password uh, before it is stored in the keychain. And that, because it's in the secure enclave, it's only ever accessible on that device uh, through through Touch ID or, or you know, on iOS it'll be through Face ID, uh, which is really cool. But you know, Apple has done some amazing work with the keychain, and we, you know, like I said, we do use utilize it for for some things, and we are very comfortable uh, doing so. And, uh, you know, if you are a customer who uses just iCloud keychain and, that, and you get by with that, um, there's, there's no reason that you should be concerned that your data is any at, at risk whatsoever through, through that. Okay. So one of the features that was interesting, interesting to me is to see if you've been pwned. And to do that, you have to take a hash of your passwords, upload it to a server. And if you're one of the paranoid among, among us, you might think that like, could get yourself pwned because you're putting your own data out there. How do you keep that secure? Yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, it's funny. Uh, I had the same reaction when I first heard about it that I think that you just had to it. And then I think that everyone who has a healthy dose of paranoia around uh, their online security is very funny. I'm going to send you my password and you're going to tell me if it's if it's okay or not. Like, ha ha, yeah, how dumb do you think I am, right? Um, but no, the way that, that, that Troy Hunt, who developed the service, did it is incredibly intelligent. Uh, so um, we take your password locally. We create a hash of it. We snag just the first five characters of that hash. So now there's no way to take those first five characters and sort of reverse that back to what the actual password was because those first five characters of a hash could be, I mean, 
an inordinately large number of hits, right? Like it could be anything. Uh, we then upload those, those five characters to his service. He then turns around and sends us back every hash that has the, at, that five character prefix. So we send up, you know, five characters, we get back 3000 hashes. And then locally we say, okay, well, here's our full hash. Is our full hash in this set of 3000 things that we got back? It is? Okay, now we know that this password has been exposed somewhere. So we haven't divulged a single bit of, of your information, uh, and we've been able to make a secure match against, against this remote collection of information. Um, and then if you, obviously, if, if your prefix doesn't appear on the service, or if your full hash doesn't appear in that collection of information we got back, then subsequently we also know this is a safe password. Like, there's nothing to worry about. Very cool. So, I mean, what are some unique challenges that your team has compared to other, other projects or apps you've worked on? Oh, I, you know, this goes back a little bit. This is one of the things I was I was uh, thinking about earlier when you said, you know, like, what what does a developer have to think about when they come on board here? Uh, we don't collect a single bit of analytics at all. We don't like we really don't want to know. We want to know as little about our customers as humanly possible. And so that means not collecting any data about how one password is being used anywhere. Like we just don't we don't want to know how many items you have. We don't want to know. Uh, the sites that you log into. We don't want to know how much time you spend in the app. We don't you know, like we and that that can be very uh, that can hamstring you pretty quickly as a developer if you're like I don't know how people are actually using this thing or or if this thing is being used right. Um, but it's it's something that we've committed to and we we really drive that home with everyone who joins the team is like this is this is the way it is. We're not we don't know anything about our customers and that's all there is that's all there is to it. Um, and so that's I think that's a, that's a pretty unique challenge. Uh, just in terms of, of having to rely upon our beta testers and, uh, you know, social media to see how people are reacting to, to new things that we release and, and, and stuff like that and not have any real numbers. Um, you know, there could be an entire part of the app that it turns out no one has ever accessed since the day we released it and we would have no idea. And, you know, so we've got, you know, maybe we're, we're carrying along some baggage that we just don't need anymore and, and, and we don't know, or maybe there's something that, you know, we could optimize in a different way. And it's all on us internally to sort of look at that and, and, and decide if that's, if that's the case or not and sort of do things, uh, do things by feel. And so far, I think, it, I think we've done okay. Um, but it's definitely a challenge. For sure. I mean, for a developer, it's not hard at all. Pretty easy to implement those features. Absolutely. Of, of yes. No analytics. Uh, as a product person, I could see where that could pose some challenges if you have, you have limited avenues to figure out if people are actually using this feature or not. Yeah. You know, the other thing that, um, we kind of, we have a, we have an enormous amount of responsibility and I don't think that that's lost on any of us that this app that we're developing and that we're releasing updates for people have their entire lives in here. Like this is for some people, this is, this is how they make it through the day. Like this is how they log into all their websites. They don't know a single password, which is good. You shouldn't, you should only know, you know, your master password. And and it is never lost on us that, that we're creating an app that is, it has to work all the time for everyone. And it is, it is crushing to us uh, when we get reports of something that we've done wrong. And it's, you know, that, that uh, this didn't work for this person or this, this never works for this person. Um, you know, it, getting bug reports about, about some of that stuff is, is, is terrible. But, you know, we know that this is the kind of thing that people, people put their whole lives into and that it's very important to us to get it right every time. And, and that's, we, we keep that in mind every day. No, definitely. I've been a customer of one password for, for a while. I bought the license outright. Um, now it's, it's, you, you don't buy it outright. You, it's a subscription SaaS model. Is that correct? It, we have a subscription model. You can still buy a standalone license. Uh, you know, we, we introduced one password.com a couple of years ago, as I, as I mentioned earlier. And, uh, originally 
the origin of onepassword.com really comes from our desire to have uh, a product that businesses could use and uh, you know get us sort of out into the into the team space and into the business space and and into the enterprise space a little bit because onepassword being a standalone a standalone app uh, didn't didn't really fit into that sort of like enterprise or business model and so we developed this service that was it was going to be a subscription service because that's how businesses and enterprises typically pay for their stuff it's per user per month and you know we we created this whole this whole infrastructure and we were a few months away from releasing one password for business and we're like you know this would actually be pretty cool for families we should release one password families like yeah that's a great idea and so we spent some time and, and put in put in a little bit of of allowances for it not being a team but it being a family and sort of changing some of the language around creating an account for a family and stuff like that and we released it we released one password families first uh and then shortly after that it was one password individuals and so while we were rolling these products out you know we at that point, we'd been around for 10 years, right? And, and every every copy of 1Password that had been sold up until that point had been sold with a license like you have. And we started hearing from our customers that said like, I don't want a subscription. I want to continue to buy 1Password with, with a license. And we said, all right, like we we hear you. You can still buy a license today. Uh, that's something, you know, at that time, I think we were at 1Password 6, maybe 1Password 5, somewhere in there. And we said, you know, this is, you can still buy a license today. We're not taking away license sales. Um, but at the same time, like as we were working on onepassword.com more and more, we you know we saw that this is this is the best way to use one password. We've taken ten years of knowledge into making a password manager, and we've now created uh, a whole new you know internal database for it and, and and optimized a huge number of things and and we were able to sort of jettison a lot of baggage that we had brought along with us in the standalone model and and know you know learn learn from things that worked well and 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 identify some things that we could do better. and and so we you know, we fully believe that that a onepassword.com membership is is the best way to use onepassword. Um, and so, you know, when when a new person comes to onepassword, that's the first thing they see is you know, sign up today. Let's get get you started. This is what we want you using, uh, because there's just a whole host of even customer support issues that vanish when you have a onepassword uh, subscription. Uh, but we continue to hear from our customers that standalone licenses are important. Please please tell us that you're going to continue to support licenses. Please let us know that you're going to uh, continue to, to sell one password this way because I do not want a subscription. We heard that over and over again. And we had just countless internal debates as to, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to, are we going to go subscription only? Are we going to, are we going to keep selling licenses? And you know, it, it understandably got frustrating for our customers. If, if you look back at some of like the, the forum posts and stuff from that time on, on our support forums and stuff, uh, <laughs> We didn't know internally what our plans were and not being able to communicate that to our customers was incredibly frustrating for them of like, I just, just give me a straight answer. And we're all sort of sitting around internally saying like, we want to give a straight answer, but we don't have one ourselves yet. Um, and then finally, you know, we, we said, okay, one password seven, it's going to, it's going to have, a, you know, you can still buy with a license, a standalone license. And, uh, you know, once we committed to that, it sort of, allayed a lot of those fears of that, that people had of like, I'm that, you know, this app that I love and I use every day is going to subscription. No, they're still going to sell licenses. And so when we launched one password seven, uh, earlier this year, it was, you know, people were very happy that they could still download the app and buy a standalone license. Um, was our first new, it was the first time we've required a new purchase of our customers since one password four. So it's been almost five years since we've, since we've asked our customers to pay to pay for one password again. Um, and it's been fascinating to sort of watch to see, you know, the numbers around who, you know, how many people are going to license, how many people are, are deciding to take this opportunity to move over to the subscription model and stuff like that. And, and, uh, it's been, 
it's been really cool. But yeah, it's been it's been five years. I I call it um, the doing our best to go out of business. Is how I look at it because I I don't think that there's very many apps out there that could have survived five years without it without a new a new purchase that you know out for the customers. And that I makes think a lot that's, of sense. I, I I paid thirty bucks for it four or five years ago and I use it every day. Right. I haven't given you any money since then, so I'm right. with Steve Yeah, how dare you, sir? Um. <laughs> but apparently, these people are a lot more vocal than me about it too. So I'm not one of those people on the forums like trashing you guys. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you not uh, not blindsiding me on this podcast and, and saying, asking me questions that I that I can't answer. <laughs> no, we're all good. So, anything else that we should cover before we get to the picks? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Did you have any any questions? Uh, you know, you mentioned that you're you're still on the standalone. I might maybe I can take this opportunity to, to sort of mine you for a little bit of information. So, have you upgraded to One Password Seven yet? So on. Um... One machine I have, I'm on 1Password 7 on my, my work machine, and okay. I had a problem over the past couple of months where passwords weren't getting synced. So I, I went through oh, Agile Bit support, and I had to do a diagnostic, set it up to them. And they're like, hey, one of your computers is on 1Password 7, and the other ones aren't. They're on 1.6. Uh, yeah, and so I'm guessing that you were probably, did you, so wait, when you moved to 1Password 7 on your work computer, did you switch over to a subscription at that time? Uh, no, I've never paid for the subscription. Interesting. All right. I might dig out your ticket uh, through the support system when we're done here, because now I'm curious to see exactly what, what went down. But was the support good? Like, did we did we solve your problem? I think so. We're still in the middle of it. We're still going back and forth. Okay. And they told right. me, hey, well, you're afraid to have one, uh, one password seven, and you're, you're good. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just yet. But, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I should, after talking to you, you know. Well, we can. Well, let's connect after after we get done recording today, and and we'll just we'll get it sorted out. You'll get some. This is I don't do this for many people, Jane, but I'll give you white glove service after this. Okay, we will. I will. I will hand. I will hand deliver a fix to you personally. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> for you, the listeners of the iFreak Show, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save ten percent on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code Bridge Ten for ten percent savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. All right, well, let's get to the picks. Michael, what do you have for us? All right, so the first pick, uh, there's this new app that just came out. It's called WhenWorks. Have you used this thing? I have not, but I th- judge by the, the, the name of it, it's probably a problem I'm having. Oh my! It's it's the most amazing. I, I feel like we're in this period where it's it's uh, it's rare that you come across a new app that you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Wenworks is amazing. Like everyone, anyone who schedules anything should be using Wenworks. Uh, basically, so uh, what it does is it it basically eliminates the need. Uh, so let's say that you and I were trying to set up a time to record a podcast, and instead of you saying, well, I could do like Tuesday or Wednesday at this time, and I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me. What about this time? I would just send you a link. I would I would say, listen, we want to record a podcast. It's going to be an hour, and I send you a link. You then you click on that link, and you then get a view of my entire calendar, anonymized. It's basically just you know time space time slots blocked out, uh, and then you just pick a time slot that works for you, and it then 
schedules it through the system and drops that event onto my personal calendar. And it's all set. Like it just eliminates that back and forth. And it's, it's fantastic. Like I, I can't recommend it. I've used it so many times since I, since I downloaded it like last week. I've already scheduled like 15 appointments with this thing. I can't, I used it and not just like with tech stuff. Like I, I, I sent a, I sent a when works link uh, to the local, to the, to the woman who, uh, who does the um, window and door sales at the local lumber yard because we're having new windows put in the house. And she's like, Oh, I'd like you to come down and look at the quote. And I was like, Oh, uh, well, here's a when works link. Just tell me, just, you know, pick a time and I'll come down. <laughs> so, and she did. It's, it, it's almost like having, and this, this sounds a little elitist and I do feel like a little, almost a little snobby when I use it, which does give me pause. Uh, but it's like having your own personal assistant. It's like, yeah, just go ahead and schedule something. <laughs> it's, it's unreal how easy it is though. Like I can't stop using it because it's so easy. That's cool. I've used, Similar things like there's x.ai, which has like a personal assistant feel for it, even though it's a bot sending emails to schedule something. I've used Doodle to schedule like band rehearsals with a big group of people, but none of them have that really tight integration with like the calendar stuff. So I'm, I'm going to check it out because I have to, I schedule phone calls a lot, stuff like that. So yeah, it was, it, it like, and it's all, it's completely anonymized. I mean, it just grabs your calendars locally and it, and it works with like, like it was able to grab my personal calendar that I share with my wife. It grabbed my, my one password calendar, uh, you know, for the company calendar. And so like, my availability that is that is up when I send someone a link like covers both my personal and my business life, which is fantastic. Awesome. Well, set a link to that in the in the Skype channel, and we'll put it in the show notes. So, oh, absolutely. All right, I've got one pick, and I'm just going to pick the World Cup. That's why Guy's not here. He's watching his team play. He's watching Brazil play. I haven't checked on the, up on the scores. I've been a good podcast host, so I'm, I'm paying attention here. So I'm trying to see how Switzerland's doing. But this is the first time I've really watched the, the group stages, and it's been a lot of fun. So. I think most people around the world are like, yeah, we know about the World Cup, James. But Americans, not so much. It's more of a thing now than it was four years ago or even four years before that. But it's been a lot of fun. And for me, who didn't really know a thing about soccer a year ago or football um, for the rest of the world, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I just watched South Korea knock out Germany. Germany's the world power in soccer, and they're not going past the group stages. And that was pretty exciting. So by the time this goes out, it'll be the round of 16 and the knockout rounds. And that's a lot of fun because you win, you keep it playing, and you lose, you go home. Um, that's my pick. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, I've been a fan of 1Password for a while, and it's good to hear a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes and in the code. Um, but thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and for everyone else, we'll see you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.